bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobil. And now, today's Word. Now, for you to get how that happens in the New Testament, I'm going to take you to two verses in the New Testament to show you how that happened and illustrate it well for you. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 21. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to 21. Ephesians 5, 18 to 21. And do not be drunk with wine. That's a good instruction a good word and do not be drunk in wine with wine in which is dissipation but be filled with the holy spirit or be filled with the spirit in other words instead of going to drink wine drink the holy spirit now verse 19 is very important be filled with the holy spirit to do what verse 19 speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the lord giving thanks always for all things to god the father in the name of our lord jesus christ submitting to one another in the fear of god all right so he says when you are filled with the holy spirit Speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs sing make melody in your heart to the lord then Colossians chapter 3, verse, verse 16. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So there are ways in which we can encourage ourselves. And there are three of them. One, Spiritual songs and hymns. Spiritual songs and hymns. A song can minister strength and inspiration to us. Sometimes it can be a recorded song on a CD, on a DVD, on your iPhone, or other uh, digital you know, equipment. Sometimes it can be a song that is sung in the church, a hymn that is sung in the church, a uh, singer sings. The, the Bible says that sometimes when we are discouraged, spiritual songs and psalms and hymns can stir up our spirit. Has it ever happened to you where, you know, you, you are down and you, you just slot in a CD in your car and start playing some music and all of a sudden you are encouraging yourself your spirit is lifted up you are joyful there is melody you start singing sometimes you can be in your car alone and you're screaming at the top of your voice because a song is ministering to you or sometimes you're depressed and then you come to church and hear a song being ministered and and it speaks to you and your spirit is lifted up at that time, what is happening is what happened to David. You are encouraging yourself in the Lord. So that's one, singing songs, spiritual songs, hymns. The second is words of encouragement. Can be a word from 
A friend could be a testimony of God's work in somebody's life. You know, sometimes you are down and somebody tells you, my brother, I used to be in the same situation as yours. You know, last year I went through this situation and narrates it and it looks almost like your situation. And then they tell you what God did. And, and when you hear that testimony, your spirit is encouraged. The Bible says we encourage one another. We lift up one another. So this is your spirit within you, not depressed. Because when, when your spirit is depressed, you can't do anything else. Your spirit is renewed, revived, encouraged by songs, by hymns, by testimonies. And the third way is by the inspired teaching of God's word. This is a word that comes from a direct exposition of the Bible. Can be a word from the pulpit or a word from a Christian book. So, in, in these avenues, what is happening is a person is depressed, discouraged, feels down, feels low, feels, oh God, I am dead, I'm finished, there's no way this can go on. And they hear some music or they hear encouragement or they hear a word from the, from, exposed from the scripture, maybe in church, and their spirit is lifted up. That's your spirit lifting you up. It's very important to be encouraged in the spirit. But it doesn't mean God has given you direction. It doesn't mean that. Remember what happened. David encouraged himself in the Lord. But he didn't stop there. He goes to Abiathar and say, give me the effort. Now that I am encouraged, I need a specific word about how this situation will turn out. Listen to me. The fact that you have been encouraged doesn't mean your problem has been solved. Because sometimes people equate spiritual encouragement as spiritual direction. So that's why sometimes you can be encouraged and then you go back and the problem whips you again and whips you again and whips you. Ah, but I sense in my spirit, I was very happy in my spirit. How come the problem has come again? That's level one. David encouraged himself in the Lord, but David didn't stop encouraging himself in the Lord. He went to say, okay, now that I'm encouraged, how do I fix this problem? Don't end at encouraging yourself in the Lord. That cassette you listen to early morning will not solve your problem. It will encourage you. That Bible passage devotional you read in the morning, it will encourage you. Sometimes you read the devotional guide in the morning and you feel like, this is for me. What has it done? It encourages you. But after that, you need a clear direct word from God David did both he encouraged himself from within the Lord and he got clear direction from the Lord and don't ever substitute one for the other don't sit in your car and be inspired by that song and think the storm is over maybe the song says the storm is over and say, so, well, my storm is over. No, it's encouraging you. It's singing to you in songs and psalms and spiritual hymns. It's making your melody in your heart. But you get out from your car. The storm has returned. 
But I thought the storm was over in the car. Yes, you were encouraged, but now you have to hear directly from God. If David had not gone to step two, what was lost will still be lost. Although he's encouraged. You have to go to step two. Inquiring from God. So the first one is spiritual motivation. Second is spiritual guidance. David inquired of the Lord. How does that work? Well, I'm going to use a Bible passage to try and give you some guidance in that area. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, verse 10 to 18. This is after Saul has had his Damascus experience. He's been knocked off his horse at midday. Now he's in Damascus. And uh, these are some happenings after that. Acts chapter 9 from verse 10. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Not Sapphira's husband. This is a, a different one. Named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And I like how the Bible describes, he's just a certain disciple. He's not a priest, he's not a prophet, he's just a believer. Just a believer in the church in Damascus. And the Lord spoke to him. And the Lord said in, in a vision to him, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire the house of Judah for one called Saul of Tarsus. So behold, he's praying. That's, that's specific. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel. I'll show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hand on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you, on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized I want you to note verses 11 and 12 carefully the Lord said to him arise go to the street called straight and inquire the house of Judas not Iscariot and the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus for behold he is praying and in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. This is a very important illustration. First, we have what I call a direct word. When God speaks specifically to you. God spoke directly to Saul on the road to Damascus. And God spoke directly to Ananias. Direct word. God said to Ananias, to Saul, go to Damascus. I'm going to send somebody called Ananias to come and pray for you. God says to Ananias, go to the street called Straight. There's a man praying called Saul. And he has already seen in a vision that you are coming to pray for him. 
For Ananias receives a direct word, Saul also receives a direct word. That's the first level. The second is the confirmed word. The confirmed word. The confirmed word is when God confirms his word through another person. Now, in this instance, God uses both of them to confirm the word he had given to each of them. So, Saul is praying. And he sees in a vision a man called Ananias coming to pray for him. And he doesn't know Ananias. Ananias is also praying and he hears a word that says Saul is praying and he has seen in a vision that you are coming to pray for him. So go pray for him. In the New Testament, the primary direction you get does not come from a second party. In the New Testament, the primary way God speaks to you is you yourself. And then he can use another person to come with the same message to confirm what he has already spoken to you. In other words, in the New Testament, you are not led by others. You are led by the Holy Spirit directly speaking to you. Saul, at this time, is a brand new born again believer. God spoke to him directly. He didn't speak to somebody to go and tell Saul because he just got born again. He can't hear from me. Immediately Saul gets born again. He's hearing from God. But he's a new believer. He doesn't know the city. And God speaks to another person about exactly what he has said to Saul about. Listen to me carefully. If you're going to operate as a New Testament believer to hear from God, your primary source of direction is from the Holy Spirit indwelling you and your spirit within. It may be confirmed by somebody else, but it does not originate from somebody else. So, if somebody comes to tell me, Brother Mesa Otterville, the Lord said I should tell you that you should marry Akosia Mansa. No matter how powerful the prophet, the person is, no matter, he may be mensurable, he may be, uh, who is big again? <laughs> he can be whatever. If he gave me that word and inside my heart, I have not heard Akosia Mansa. I have no love for Akosia Mansa. I have no desire for Akosia Mansa. Then I cannot accept that word because my primary source of direction doesn't come from outside me, it comes from inside me. Now, if the person says, Brother Mesa the Lord says I should tell you that Akosia Mansa is a girl. Now, if before then I had been praying and praying and praying, and last night I heard a voice in my heart, Akosia, 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 Akosia. And that word comes, I can then entertain it as a confirmation of something I have already received from God. So if somebody comes and says, I am a prophet, God says, I should tell you, Give me your car and I will sanctify it. And I had not heard from God. A 
earlier that a prophet is going to come to you to ask for a car and when he comes give it to him then when he comes I must master all the boldness I have by the Holy Spirit and say thank you sir but no sir and listen to me there will be no curse over your life nothing will destroy you nothing will kill you because you have acted spiritually and scripturally now most of them will quote you from the Old Testament but, but this happened to Elijah and this happened to this and this happened Elijah said it, and that is Old Testament the prophet was the primary voice of direction the priest was primary voice of direction in the New Testament prophet is not primary voice of direction it is the indwelling Holy Spirit your sons and your daughters shall see visions and they shall prophesy So don't be afraid of titles. A lot of Christians have been crooked. They say, well, that's a powerful man of God. However you define powerful, that's your... But there's nothing more powerful than the Holy Spirit. Nothing more. And if the Holy Spirit hasn't spoken to you, inspired you, indicated something in your heart, then don't be afraid of the demand. Some will say, what if I don't do it and, and, uh, and, and God will strike me dead? No, God will not strike you dead. You are his child. He bought you with the precious blood of Jesus. Jesus died on a cross for you. Think after all of that, God will just strike you dead because you said you won't give away your car? To somebody who just appeared in your life and told you to give you the car? The way God deals with us in the New Testament is different from the way God deals with us in the Old Testament. The problem is many believers this day don't want to spend time to hear from God. They want somebody to hear. They would probably, like to buy milo and milk and sugar and biscuits to the prophet and say, you, you fast and break your fast with this and whatever God tells you, come and tell me. Now you could have done that in the Old Testament because the, the, the prophet was the only one who could hear from God. But in the New Testament, when you need direction, you go before the Lord and you seek his face. Now let me just close with this quickly for you. About hearing from God. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27 says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. Searching all the inner depths of his heart. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine and 11. As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has preferred for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man that is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the, thing, the spirit of God. 
So how do we sharpen our ability to hear from God? I'm going to give you four ways and I'll continue next week. Number one, meditate in the word of God. Meditate in the word of God. Fill your mind with the word of God. Let the scriptures, the word of God dwell in you richly. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Number two, be spirit conscious. You are a spirit being. You have a soul, you live in a body. The real you is a spirit. Be spirit conscious. Constantly stay awake to the spirit. Number three, pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. And this is very important. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. When you pray in tongues, your spirit is praying. It's important to do that. But if you read the verse 13, it says, Therefore let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. Now, this is something I just want to encourage all the young people because I've seen a certain prayer pattern developing in Christendom that I feel minimizes your ability to hear from God. You see, praying in tongues is not a shouting competition. Neither is it a competition in strange sounds. Because some people think the more weird the sound, the more powerful it is. It is not an endurance test to see who can go longer. Because I see people doing stuff these days. And I say, in the first place, you're not speaking in tongues. You are making sound. You know, because people, I mean, sometimes you, you see two people praying or sometimes a group and one says I mean what are you doing what are you doing ask yourself what are you doing are you listening to the Holy I mean what are you doing just, just be honest with yourself what are you doing You've assigned sounds to people and you stand in front of the microphone. Be, ba, bo, be, be. I mean, if it's a voice training thing, I understand. But that is not speaking in tongues. And sometimes they, 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 they have all kinds of gestures and they go at it for three hours. At what point does the Holy Spirit speak back to you? One of the things you have to master is speaking in tongues and waiting for the Holy Spirit to convey a message back to your spirit. Because it's a two-way dialogue. You speak in mysteries to God and God speaks with understanding back to you. You speak in mysteries to God and God speaks in understanding back to you. So that, because it's your guidance system. 
It's your guidance system. You speak with an, in, in mysteries to God. You don't know what you say, but God then begins to speak to your spirit in a language you can understand. So it makes sense to you. So after you have finished praying, there is a sense of direction. Even if it is not sharp, there is something you are beginning to sense as to what God is saying to you. Pray in the spirit. Pray in tongues. But make time for God to speak back to you. And it is not theater or drama. We're not impressing people. The Bible says we are speaking to God, mysteries. We are not trying to impress people as, as to our prayer longevity. How long we pray. And people will come and say, well, I, I pray for six hours. And so? And so? What did you hear? You just had a sore throat. <laughs> there was no direction. You are lost. You still don't know what to do. But you've prayed for six hours. Because in the New Testament, God is seeking to whisper his thoughts through your spirit by the Holy Spirit. And next week, I'm going to clarify all of these things a little bit more. I'm going to clarify. So you, you have to pray in the spirit. And then you have to listen quietly before the Lord. This is the most important part of praying in the spirit. Taking time to be quiet before God. It's the most important. It's the most important. Because in the New Testament, this is how God leads us. By his spirit within us. And if you take time, he will lead you. Now, just because you prayed in tongues doesn't mean every thought that occurs to you afterwards is from God. The Bible says that you know, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword and is able to discern between the soul and the spirit. There are people who say, is there a difference between soul and spirit? I thought they were the same. No, they're not the same. Soul and spirit are both invisible, but they are not the same. Your soul has to deal with your emotions and your thoughts. Your spirit is more inspirational. So sometimes you may, you may I mean, if, if you already love Akosia Mansa, and you are praying, praying, oh God, Lord, show me. Oh Lord, show me. Lord, show me. The way I love Akosia. Oh Lord, show me. Oh Lord. Okay. And then you pray in tongues a little bit around, and then you hear a word. You will hear a word of Akosia. Akosia. That's, not, that's your soul speaking to you because you know why is your soul? Because your emotion is already invested in her. And because your emotion is already invested, you will hear an inner voice, but it is your soul, not your spirit. And the word of God will help us to separate the two. So when you hear an inner voice, you will know which one is soulish and which one is spiritual. Because if you don't know the difference, you're going to think every inner voice is of God. And that, that will give you some major, major trouble. And I hope that we can get some clarity on that next, next week as we teach more on lead me, Lord. But the important thing I wanted to get across to you today is that the way God leads people in the Old Testament, 
is very different from the way he leads people in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it's the prophet and the priest. It's the primary voice. In the New Testament, it is your spirit. It's the primary voice. Does, doesn't mean there are no, there's no need for prophets. There is need for prophets, and prophetic ministry is legitimate, but it only comes to confirm what God has already planted in your spirit. So maybe you heard a voice and you're not sure. Oh, like Paul, he's not sure. Did I hear right? Then Ananias comes and confirms it. Oh, Ananias hears a voice there. This guy is dangerous. Am I hearing right? And, and then he goes and Paul says, I already saw you coming to pray for me. So the confirmation is to assure you that God truly spoke to you. The prophet's ministry will come to confirm what God has put in your heart. But when you want to inquire of God in the New Testament, you don't go to the prophet first or to the priest first. You go to the Holy Spirit first. And he is the one who will place the word of God in your heart. Amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.